Father God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Father God. We give you glory. We thank you for this moment that we have tonight, Father God. Lord, bless everyone on this line tonight, Father God. We thank God, Father God, because this is a form of fellowship, Father God. This is a form of righteousness, Father God. Lord, everybody came to learn tonight, Father God. I pray that, Lord, as you uh, use me as your vessel tonight, Father God, may your words come from my lips, Father God, and let these words be nourishable unto our spirit, Father God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. So, amen. we have been in a soldier series, and Kingsley reminded us we need to have zeal, like Phineas, uh, Umar, Umarohan, let us know that we have to persevere. And the overarching theme in this is your heart. You know, your heart. You ever heard that saying? Um, what the eyes don't, the, what the eyes don't see, the heart won't feel. Um, as soldiers of Christ, there is something that I want to talk about tonight, and that is called heart posture. Heart posture is very, very vital to the success of a Christian soldier in overcoming, because we are overcomers through Christ Jesus. But it's very important to understand that we're going to come across battles in life. And like Kevin Hart says, we gotta say it with our chest. You understand what I'm saying? We gotta stick our chest out. You feel me? You can't go into a battle defeated. You gotta, gotta bring your posture up, sit straight. A defeated mentality, you have no posture. You know, your, your back is caved in. No, 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 stick your chest out, you have victory. And one of the greatest examples of heart posture is in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. His name was Jehoshaphat. Now, before I continue, it's very important to have what I call heart posture. You have to sit upright because there's going to be things in life that's going to cave your chest in, but you have to say it with your chest. Say it with your chest. It shows how bold you are for Christ. It shows how much you're claiming victory over any battle in your life. And... I'm going to start with 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Now, before I start, I will give you a little uh, where we are. Um, Jehoshaphat was a son of King Asa. King Asa was a great leader, and he passed the mantle, King Asa, to his son Jehoshaphat. King Asa was a great leader. He was after God's heart. You know, he knocked down all the idols and everything that was against God. Now, we move to Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat was a very, very strong leader. However, Jehoshaphat came on to trouble right away, but he had what was strong heart posture. See, in life, there are many things that's gonna come our way. What you gonna do? You gonna climb the ladder or you gonna dig your grave? We have to hold firm to the promises of God because God is who he says he is. We must persevere. And this is exactly what Jehoshaphat thinks. So at this time, Jehoshaphat was a king of, uh, I believe it was Israel, uh, or Judah rather. And he had enemies. He had enemies. And at this time, a messenger came to him and let him know, listen, three of the surrounding armies is coming after you. 
let's liken it to, to the New York five boroughs. Say you have Manhattan. Manhattan is yours. Now you live in Manhattan, but the Bronx, Brooklyn, and Staten Island is coming over. They want they, they want the smoke. Now you're possessing the land that God gave, which is what Jehoshaphat and his people had. God gave them this land. But these people are pulling up bike on 12 o'clock. They all coming. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? Well, Jehoshaphat showed what it meant to have heart posture because he began to pray. And I will show you why it's important to have heart posture because it's a dependence and a reliance on God. See, sometimes when we're stressed and we're going through things, we turn to the vices of the world. Let me tell you something. Let me, let me, let me know anytime you turn to something other than God and your situation wasn't there when you came back down. Tell me. I can tell you some things I used to do. I drink. Let me forget about it real quick. Now, it's not regular drinking. I would abuse drinking. Guess what? The pain was not as bad as the hangover. And the pain was still there. So drinking don't work. I'd get high as a kite. Guess what? It made me think about that situation even more strategically and trying to think I could use chaos management. Guess what? It was above me now. It didn't work. But anytime I leaned on God and trusted him and called out, my father, my father, he always came to the rescue and I didn't have to do anything. So I'm going to start with verse three. Jehoshaphat was terrified by the news. Again, this is the news that the enemy is coming. By this news and begged the Lord for guidance. See, he didn't go to anything. He begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. See, when you seek the Lord's help, your prayers are already answered. See, faith is the car. Belief, as Pastor Sean said, is the key that starts the car. And remember we said, faith is in your feet. So they began to fast. That's an action. That's in their feet. They sought the Lord's help. I'll continue with verse 5. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. Verse 6. And this was his prayer. He prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you are alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of the kingdom of earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. See, it's very important when you're faced with adversity, you know that God is very near. And it's important that when you call on God's name, you give him his flowers. See, he don't need the flowers, but give him his flowers. Because it's reminding you he's the same God as yesterday, as he is today and tomorrow. So there is nothing he can't do. There's nothing he can't do. So when you've given him his flowers as you call upon his name, you are slowly letting the spirit creep into you to let you know you have victory because you're reminding yourself of everything that God has done. But let's get to the good part. Let's go down to the battle. So now they're front line. He said this prayer, the whole Judas fasting. Mind you, this, this he's leading people. They got their kids, their family, their, their possessions, everything. And the Bronx, Staten Island, and Brooklyn, matter of fact, at Queens to them, is coming in Manhattan to take over. Three surrounding nations were coming to take over one nation. They were outnumbered. See, sometimes we fall into problems in life and we're outnumbered. Your finances can't fix it. Nothing within, there's no amount of chaos management you can utilize to fix it. 
a bad relationship. Guess what? If you try to manipulate your way, you would have wished you never tried to manipulate your way back into it in the first place. Some battles are above you now. Certain things are beyond your realm of inter interpretation. So you need God to help you with any battle. It's not just if somebody's coming after you or if you have eviction or any financial problems. It could be in your day-to-day -day battles. This was a battle. And the battles of yesterday are the same of today. They just, show, they just look different. They just look different. But if you call on God, he is very near. Verse 15, verse 13. So what happens is now in the land of Judah that he's ruling, one of the Levites was one of the, the, the son of the Levites, who was one of the leaders. He stepped up and he delivered this message to reaffirm things for Jehoshaphat. Verse 15. And I want us to listen very closely to this. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. See, like I said, certain things are just above us now. We can't do anything about it, but we have to give it to our God. Because the battle is his, not ours. If you seek him, he, he like, bring it on. Bring it on. I tell, I remember I said a while ago, every problem you got, introduce it to your God. Ask your problem. Have you and God ever met before? I tell people, no, the problem may be get, might be big, but God is bigger. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Introduce your problem to your God. Have a conversation with your problem. Unemployment, can't find a job, can't find a job. Let me introduce you to my God. Name a problem that you have in your life. Introduce it to God. Like Tony Montana says, say hello to my little friend. Introduce them. Make them get very, very acquainted. Because it's very important for you to realize the battle is not yours. Check out, give it to God. Let go and let God. And it's very, very important that we realize that. Because this is what Jehoshaphat and his army was doing when they were outnumbered. So he was reminded, the battle is not yours. But God. Verse 16. Now he's given them orders. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens up into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not need to fight. Take your positions. Then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. O people of Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow. The Lord is with you. Face your problems head on. Faith is in your feet. You don't got to turn to something else to mask the problem. Face it head on. Let the spirit guide you. Introduce your problem to your God. Introduce that mountain to your God. I promise you they're not greater than him. And that is what Jehoshaphat did. And the prophet told him, march up there. See, when God gives you orders, do it. How do you know if it's God? If you're thriving in the spirit. Now, don't get it twisted. God can talk to you in different states of your mind if you choose to do it. He can talk to you by, if you want to hear from him clearly and make sure it's him, walk in the spirit. Pray fast without ceasing. Call on his name. Remain righteous. And you will know that that's his voice. And that's what they did. So they were confident in the orders that were given to them. 
I'm going to go down. As you can see, you know, in verse 17, it says, but you will not need to fight. Remember, we were reminded the battle is not yours. It's God. You will not need to fight. Verse 17. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. The biggest problem we have as Christians is we can't see how it's going to work out. We use logic. And sometimes logic lands us in trouble. Gutter ball, you ever go bowling? It lands you right in the gutter. You might swing, gutter ball, it don't work. What you're going to do is you're going to continue to recycle your experiences until you give it to God. Early the next morning, verse 20, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. Verse 21, after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. See, this is why I say heart posture. Because victory is yours. You can't have a defeated mindset. If you're calling on God and you're still anxious, trust me, it ain't, you ain't, you, you pr go pray to your genie. But if you trust God, you have posture because victory is yours. Sometimes we forget who God is. We think our problem is too impossible for God to handle. No, it's impossible for you. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He will not leave you out to dry. The problem is we think that this is how we got to work and it has to work in this time frame. So let God sit back and let you do the work and then come wake him up when you're ready to let go. And it's very important in heart posture. You have confidence. So you continue to praise him. You continue to think, sing his, his, his thanks. And that's what Jehoshaphat did when they were told to march against them. He said, okay, you know what? Stop. Singers, go ahead. Singers, go ahead. So the army was led by those praising God. Some of us may be like, you walking towards the enemy coming towards us, praising God? We can't see him. That's all right. That's all right. He is close and very near in the present time of danger. Verse 22. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. There you have it. And as the verses continue, the armies that were after them started fighting themselves. They took themselves out. But what did God say initially? The battle is not yours. See, sometimes we like to, we got it, I got it, we got it, I got it. You don't got it. Certain things are just above you. All you need is heart posture and trust in the Lord. Give him your heart. He will guide you. Had a bad breakup, he can guide you. Got bad finances, he can guide you. He can restore you everything you lost. And the irony of this battle is not only did they take themselves out, if you go down deeper, Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather everything. After they had killed themselves, they left a lot of, left a lot of valuable things. And this wasn't stealing. God sent them there. 
There is no battle you will go into that you won't come out in better shape. I promise you that. Pressure makes diamonds. Without pressure, no diamond. It hurts. It's uncomfortable. But there is something on the other side waiting for you. You just have to let go and let God. It is very important, children of God, that we surrender to him. Give it to him. Introduce your problem to him. The same way if you came, you wanted to introduce your mom to your, to your spouse or your girlfriend, or introduce your problem to your God. Let them get into me. Let them, let them get to know each other. So when you pray and talk to him about it, introduce him, let him know everything. He already know. Tell him everything. Give it to him. You're battling your mind? Give it to him. Tell him what's troubling you. Introduce God to your problems. Stop getting familiar with your problems. You can't do anything about it. It's above you now, some things. Introduce God to your anxiety. As a matter of fact, you have that feeling because of what you're going through. Introduce him to your anxiety, your stress. If you have a problem child, introduce God to your problem child. There is nothing you can't introduce God to that he can't deliver. The battle is not yours. It's his once you call on his name. Take yourself out the game. Sub out and sub him in. It's too much. And there's no thing in this world, man-made, that you can do to get your mind off of it. Whether it's binge-watching shows, which is not a bad idea, but if you feel like binge-watching shows is going to get your mind off of it, it's going to get... It ain't going to fix it. Make sure you pray and you're binge watching while you're at peace. There's no substance that can heal you from your battle. Because guess what? That's the, the answer to those problems aren't in those substances that we tend to abuse or lean on. Better yet, sometimes we trust people. We don't need people. We need God. Or people that will push us to God and send prayers on our behalf. Children of God, Jehoshaphat was in a dilemma. He had no way out. But his instinctive thing to do was pray and order everyone to fast. Because there was a mountain that needed moving. And he knew he couldn't do it alone. He let go and he let God. That is very important to understand. As a soldier of Christ, you have to have heart posture. You have victory. He will not embarrass you. He will not bring you shame. But if you keep subbing him in and out the game, then, <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. But if it's him and him alone that you trust, let him handle it. All you got to do is praise him in the hallway until he opens that door. Children of God is very important. It's very important. Let go and let God introduce him to our problems. We can't shoulder it. It's too much. All you have to do is stand still. The Bible says the battle is not ours. It belongs to God. I've given several testimonies. One, and when we pray to God, we sometimes have to remember what he's built us out from. I remember at a point in my life, Back in 2011, or 2000, when I started, 2011, 21 at the time, it was a very dark place. Uh, lost, <laughs> I, I had puppy love, I lost my girlfriend at the time, lost some friends at the moment, 
got into an altercation with them. I lost everything all at once. The car I was driving, everything. I was so depressed. Didn't want to go to school anymore. And all I kept asking God was turn it around. Turn it around. Lo and behold, the job opportunity came my way. I already had a solid job. But, you know, I need a job. So my mother's like, you know what? Here, apply here. Visiting Nurse Service of New York, biggest non-for-profit agency in the whole world. Healthcare in the whole world, United States. But here's the problem. I had a record. I had a record in PA for unpaid fines and not showing up to court. I had warrants for my arrest in New Jersey for receiving stolen property. And I'm like, yeah, I ain't about to get this job. How am I gonna do it? That was when I met God. All I did from beginning to end of the process was pray. I trusted God because I realized the battle was not mine. All I had to do was just get, fix my eyes to the Lord. I had a record and best believe they do a background check. In fact, one of my friends that I got in trouble with in Jersey had to go to the court in Jersey to get certain letters because he was trying to get through the board of bed. You think the company I'm about to get into with over 18,000 employees isn't checking? My PA one, my man Rico, pretty Ricky what they call him. <laughs> We got in trouble in PA. He went for the same kind of job. He said, yo, Bo, they did the background check. Everything came up. Yours didn't come up yet? I said, well, uh, not yet. I'm praying to God, blah, blah, blah. I'm doing my thing. They asked me on the paperwork, a background check will be performed. Please sign the waiver. Yes or no, have you gotten in trouble or whatever? I lied. I said, no. And then I'm over here stressed, like, man, God, this is going to be so embarrassing. Like, you're leading me on. You know I need this. Fast forward, I get a call. Hey, uh, so we're going to give you a job, but we have to run the background check first. We're doing that now. Do you have a copy of your high school diploma? So that was proof that they are, in fact, going to run the background check. I went to God in serious prayer. I said, Lord, this is for me. Please don't tempt me any further. My heart can't take it. Fast forward, the next call I got a week later, it was an offer letter and the company came with tuition reimbursement. Stayed with the company for about 10, 11 years. And every two years, not to mention my fourth year, I always got a salary raise or a promotion. My man Rick said, yo, how you got that job, bro? Like my whole thing showed up. Like, yo, I'm gonna send you the email. It says everything we would, the charges they try to press on us and what we were found not guilty of. My other homie, yo, bro, yeah. They, they came up, I had to go back to the court back and forth. God said, the battle is not yours. How did I pass through? Only heaven knows. But it wasn't my concern to figure that out. My job was to let go and let God and rest on him daily. 
I had faith, but I had to take the key, which was belief, to start the car. And trust him. Now, sometimes the outcome may not be what we want. And I had another story like that. Long story short, I was with that same company and I'm about to wrap up. There was a position I wanted so bad. And I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. And they gave the job to somebody else. And my evangelist said, before I was going for a job, he said, listen, if you don't get the job, something better is waiting for you. A week after I got denied the job, I got a call. We got a better position for you. It was more money, more exposure. And then bonuses was hit. If I would have took that other job, who I would have been reporting to, would have been a nightmare. Children of God, the battle is not yours. We must, no matter what we're going through, introduce God to the mountain. Because guess what? If I had that problem and I was like, well, I'm stressed and I'm smoking and I'm drinking every single day while I'm waiting, do you think my prayer would have been answered? I know we on a regular corner church call. I'll tell you, hell no. Because the people I got in trouble with had to go defend their case and try to get their job. I didn't have to do none of that. As we round this week up, we're going to go into several battles. We must remain righteous and talk to God. Be intimate with him. Intimate your problems to him. And your job is to move with the spirit, remain righteous, and watch him do the work. You don't have to carry the burden of stress. You don't have to carry the burden of headache. You don't have to carry the burden of anxiety. That just means you don't trust him. You didn't start your car yet. Remember what we said about the umbrella. The umbrella is the faith. But you have to take action and act on that faith. You're going to get wet if you don't open the umbrella. So wet is resembling of anxiety, fear, all these stupid things that get us into the things of the world to temporarily relieve the problem. The problem is still there. Open the umbrella. Unlock grace and watch God move for you. It is my hope that this word and this testimony spoke to your heart as it did to mine. 